Welcome to episode 44 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. And I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. And today... We have a guest. We have a guest. I'm actually very excited about this guest. Yes. I say that all the time, but this time I really mean it. (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. Uh, Tell us who you are. (laughs) Yeah. uh, My name is Josh Guffey. I'm a filmmaker. I'm uh, originally from Iowa, was in Chicago for a while, LA. Now I'm in St. Louis. And... uh, you know, my, my day job is I'm a producer and director for a, a video production studio called Vidzu Media. And uh, currently I'm working on my first feature film called All Gone Wrong. Uh, it's been something I've been working on for a long time. And uh, yeah, we have a Kickstarter going right now and it's just exciting to kind of get it all going. So thank you for having me on. This is really cool. Cool. Very cool. What? Um, now, did you find us? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But yeah. I... I didn't even know there was a message there, right? So oh, great. I saw it and I was just like, holy crap, this yeah. is so unprofessional. And then I saw his, I saw the Kickstarter and uh, what really stood out to me was just the, you're very, you, you know exactly what you want. It got to you the know, point. It was, it was really, yeah. you, you know what you're doing. Clearly, you know what you're doing. You're very talented. You're very, everything was very professional. Uh, and I was just like, wow, this, this guy's like the real deal. So I really wanted to have him on to talk talk about it because yeah, crowdfunding is is tricky because it's it's kind of one and done if you lose people within the first couple of seconds like that's yeah. it so yeah it I mean, had me the, from the get-go it just was really professional cool yeah i mean i i, I got i'm lucky where we could kind of do our kickstarter video kind of in-house at the company that i work for so i got you know i had that leg up oh, but, nice. you know it, it's, it's the kind of thing where like you know life kind of happens and gets in the way and and i kind of did like the anti uh indie filmmaker thing where people just say like go make stuff and mm-hmm. like all that, all that kind of thing and i think i think that is absolutely true and people should do that and i just fell in love with this idea and so i've just kind of worked iteratively and progressively over the years to make it and so when i was in chicago we shot some concept stuff when i was in la we shot of like a bigger thing for two days with a red and and then when I moved here, we shot some stuff. So we have a lot of scenes shot and assets and stuff like that that I could use for the Kickstarter. So that was cool to be able to show people this is what we're going for. This is what we're inspired by. And then when it came time to make the Kickstarter video, it was like, maybe we can do something cool, project some of that footage behind me, and then I'll just talk kind of unvarnished. This is what we're doing. And, you know, it's a it's a pretty straightforward project and from from the outside but then on the inside there's like so many parts of the story that I feel like are cool that we're sort of turning on its head in terms of what crime films usually do because the research drew us there it's just it's just bizarre like undercover narcotics policing is a lot there's aspects of it that people don't know oh, I can only imagine yeah yeah and and it's it's crazy because so I got into it because my sister's a police officer and I was in college and I'm looking for short films to make so I I picked her brain I was like is there anybody I could talk to that you work with and that led me down a path where I I started to find out all these stories about what it was like working undercover in the 80s you know where I'm from in Iowa it's a lot of drug trafficking it's like mm-hmm. going from Chicago out mm-hmm. and oh, okay. uh and then like you hear these stories this into this one story that kind of inspired the movie is these guys work for a task force and a small town which has like nobody to dedicate to this type of thing will reach out to them and be like hey uh we need you to send somebody just to like help us out do anything you know and so this individual will just it's like yojimbo or a fistful of dollars it's Mm -hmm. just like stranger walks into town doesn't know anybody and has to like make friends figure it out and then like six months later maybe even a year later he walks out of town with a case and taking a lot of people down and kind of helping this town. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. It's like movies that I love, but then I can use that research to like kind of make it more of a Michael Mann kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's kind of where, where it all began. And then, and then it just draft after draft after draft where I was just basically teaching myself screenwriting and the movies become like 10 different things over the years. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of as tight as I can possibly make it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's cool to have it be real, but, but also like cinematic in that way, you know? Yeah. yeah having all of that, um, footage that you've shot over the, over the, you know, over the time of the conception of it and yeah. being able to put that on Kickstarter and, and not just having the footage, but having like well-made footage, Yeah, you know, it was really yeah. nicely lit. It was well-directed. It was, you know, all that stuff. And it was just added that level of legitimacy that we all hope to have on our kicks, you know, Kickstarter or whatever crowdfunding. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important because, um, you know, a lot of times the people that you're going to ask to help you is you're constantly pitching people to like try to give you money to do these things. But mm -hmm. then also pitching if you want to get crew, even if they're your friend, even if they're your friends, like your best friends, it's like you're asking them to spend their time. Yep. Right. You've got to pitch them on the movie. And so to do that, you know, you want to say, hey, let's just do this for real. Let's do it. Let's make it at, let, let's make it like we would if we were making the real thing. Squirrel our nuts away and get the right uh, the right scope for that shoot and st and make it look like the budget was much much bigger mm -hmm. and uh yeah, yeah because that looked like scenes from the film yeah I mean, it looked like and, scenes from a film so i was like i yeah. at first i said oh so did he like did he shoot part yeah, of is it for finishing funds yeah What's is happening? this like yeah. is the, did he is he finishing it or is this um and i yeah. think i think it leads to you know i mean this is a broader uh crowdfunding conversation but i think it leads to saying like well this is just what he did for the kickstarter imagine if we gave him money right then it would look even better. That, that sort of yeah. concept, yeah. It's actually something that, that came up. Um, somebody brought it up to me um, after we had launched the Kickstarter, which is not the, the best time for this to happen. <laughs> Someone was like, oh, I, I just was under the impression that you had shot the movie already, and that was the trailer for it. And I was like, actually, no. Oh, like, no. Ev every shot that you see there is the, are the only shots that we've shot. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we just shot the trailer. And um, just kind of teaching people, no, like, we actually have to go out and make this thing now and like it's gonna happen here you know pretty quick so yeah, yeah. um we can get this moving what do you do in that situation and for me if i'm going to shoot test footage to prove to people because this is my first film so i felt that it was important for me to do this so mm -hmm. that people could trust me with money frankly and so i had to show them that it's always the question of why you why now and this footage and this these shoots were a way to prove why me and then aspects of the story like the timeliness of this kind of policing is sort of the why now yeah you know? did yeah, we get sure. the name of the film first of all all gone wrong okay did we did we get that in the beginning though <laughs> before we started um, talking about it? <laughs> i think I, I i think i mentioned it okay. in my introduction yeah we'll have all the links yeah that'll but... be, be, we'll be blasting and the so links, so um yeah. am i correct in that 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 you're working with uh tony todd yeah it's it's pretty surreal so basically um you know a friend of mine is a producer um and uh he well, just real quick, on, just real quick, before yeah. we get into that, it's, you had mentioned yeah. um, that this is your first film, but it's not the first thing you've ever made. You you definitely know, right. know what you're doing. I don't want people yeah. to think that. If that was I've your first film, film then you'd be like a savant. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's the first feature. Yeah, so yeah. In my first feature, okay. that's right. So I, I've shot shorts before, and then um, I got my start mostly on the production side, production management and producing and things like that. And when I was in L.A., I would produce things, um, not only films from other friends and stuff but i would i would work on commercials and um stills and editorial for fashion stuff and and you just get on sets and you and you sort of get the rhythms of everything and mm -hmm. you understand kind of how much how much how many resources you have to bring to bear to make something and then when i moved to st louis i basically got to produce and direct more because here we have like you know st louis actually has a really high concentration of fortune 500 companies so there's a lot of like corporate work a lot of commercial work and mm -hmm. so i i do a lot of stuff for companies like panera bread um and nonprofits like centene corporations a big healthcare company they're here um o'reilly auto parts and and so i'll produce and direct all the stuff that we pitch and so i just get a lot of reps that way like at any one time i'm working like five to 12 projects like mm. it's kind of crazy and wow. i'm actually I'm, I'm gonna be doing that all the way up until our first day of shooting so i'm like Yikes. i'm just kind of swamped <laughs> but uh but then so you're shooting like full... and you have one thing to worry about <laughs> right yeah i mean it's actually like shooting an indie film can feel overwhelming overwhelming but it's actually going to feel like um i can just have like a laser focus and yeah. i'm like so excited for that yeah but uh sorry but yeah, so the I tony have... todd thing sorry <laughs> yeah so a friend of mine, his name's Frank Morrow, he um, he got his start in Chicago. He's made, you know, half a dozen indie films that are of a cool scale, like kind of six-figure scale. His first film was The Employer with Malcolm McDowell. Basically, he just did a film a few years ago with Tony Todd called From Jennifer. And I was just talking to him about just, because it is my first film, I was asking about attaching talent. And he was like, well, you know what? Um, and Tony Todd came up because... I was like, man, he would be like perfect for this kind of bad guy role. But I didn't want to like make that the whole conversation. Right. I was mm -hmm. just picking his brain, you know. Right. And he was like, well, let me read the script and I'll just um, and I'll see if we can maybe just reach out to him. And uh, and so Frank read the script and he was like, I, I, I want to produce this. Um, let's get this going. So he came on as a producer, which was huge because now now that first time filmmaker 
stuff goes away in talking to investors and other people because you have this closer on your team who's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're like, if if Josh wigs out on set, we've got Frank <laughs> to like write the ship, you know? <laughs> so so then basically it, it was over a couple months. We got the script to Tony Todd and um and he really liked the part. So um so it just became official this past week. And you know, it's it's cool because it's like a real it's a real part in the movie. You know, sometimes it happens where like you know, they they kind of show up for a day. Yeah, and, like, a quick cameo. In, like, one scene. Yeah. yeah, but he's in like thirty pages. It's a real part, and I'm excited to kind of just get there on the day and just put him through the the paces. You yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. I would so, just be resisting the entire time to just say, "Can you say Candyman?" <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I'd be I mean, like, "Yeah, I've never gotten that request before. Yeah. Thanks." <laughs> yeah. I and, quit. and what's what's crazy is like his IMDb is like ridiculous and yeah it's and crazy I, and and I'm a huge like The Rock fan and um, Platoon and Final yeah. Destination like and so when I when I was thinking of him you know he shows up a few times and he's sort of like the third man like people talk about him a lot and so like when he's not on screen you have to like kind of feel like he's the boogeyman and I was like well there's no other yeah, living seriously. person better than Tony Todd to play that so yeah we just feel super lucky and and we're excited. So prior to casting um, Tony, did you were you working with SAG prior to that? Yeah, so we wanted to do this as SAG Ultra Low because, you know, we did have that aspiration to try to attach somebody like him. You know, learning about that arrangement, that agreement, and knowing that we can cast non-union and union alike, give us flexibility and keep our costs down if we have to. It's just a good setup. And so basically the gist of that agreement is like to keep your budget under 250000 They send and, and And one thing I was worried about is what is all involved in that because... Yeah, because we you know, we we've been to- we've been toying with that kind of thing uh, as as well, and we just don't know. We hear we hear horror stories, but then we hear people say it's fine, and yeah, you know. I mean, the horror stories I've heard is it sounds like champagne problems, where their budget will balloon, and then they go into the next SAG agreement. Yeah, and so that'll never those, happen to us, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I I feel the same way. So I'm like. You know, as long as we are just sort of uh, on point with our paperwork, which is sort of like 99% of the battle, just like tracking everything really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because essentially what happens is SAG will ask you to, the SAG performer portion of your talent budget, you have to essentially give them an equal amount to them to hold as a deposit right. during right. the film. Right. Yep. And it's called their bond or whatever. Right. And so that that's like you know, they've, they've got you, right? So yeah. you have to just do your best. And so the films that I've heard have had problems not getting that back is because they bump to a next agreement yeah. and they have to retroactively. And what stinks about that is basically the cost of your movie just went up and not, literally nothing changed about the content of your movie yeah. except you're in a new agreement. So, um, you know, we, we're not going to have to worry about that. And uh, But it, it's helpful because they'll send you like a sample budget where you get to see all the line items that are like included in that because... Even after the movie's made, there's other things that you're gonna have to pay for, like festival stuff. Yeah. yeah. If if you if you you know keep some money aside for like digital marketing or whatever. I mean, like now self releasing becomes such a clear possibility all the time. Like you have to sort of look out for yourself to like be able to market your own movie. So mm-hmm. raising some of that money is going to be important for us too. Um, yeah. Because nothing's guaranteed. Like we don't have distribution right now or anything. But with Frank, our producer, and his history having films released, like we feel pretty good about about things um, at this early stage. So yeah, and those film fest fees they add up quick. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and then travel. It's not even okay. Well, we got into the festival now. How the hell are we going to get there? Yeah. Prior to now, it's just been shorts for me. So like the entry fees are significantly higher for feature Mm -hmm. films. So just kind of knowing all that stuff and um, making all those decisions and trying to do the right thing for your movie, it's it's tough. What prompted you to want to make films to begin with? You know, like for the... Oh, man. Yeah. So... (laughs) I always yeah. loved. I always loved going these stories. Deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even know. So, like, I grew up in um, in Bettendorf, Iowa. It's a part of the Quad the, Cities. It's so that's a film hub, if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so I, I, a lot of people that I have heard, like filmmakers that grew up in a place that wasn't like a big city or something, it's sort of a surprise to you that it's like a job, mm-hmm. or like that there's actually people behind a movie, or that even how a movie is made, where like you just assume it all happened in real time. Like, and this is when you're a kid, so yeah, like, yeah. It, it all happened in real time, and they just had people perform the movie, and then just cameras <laughs> were watching, right? Yeah. And so then when when I started to like get into movies and like really care about, start to understand that certain movies I really loved were made by the same people, and I was a 
big video store guy. Like, you know, we had Hollywood video by our house and you could do five movies Hollywood for five video. days <laughs> for five bucks. And we would rent, we would do that, my family and I, we would do that all the time and we would just go crazy. And so I, I just loved, you know, all that kind of classic you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. It was kind of the boom for all that stuff mm-hmm. and just loving um, just Hollywood stuff. Well, especially and, and like then, all those cop movies and things that was like huge in yeah. the 80s. There was a oh, lot yeah. of that. Yep. Yeah. So when I got into high school, I kind of knew more about who some of the really great directors and, and writers and things like that. And kind of knowing like you could even look at movies from aspects of the other craftspeople like cinematographer and stuff like that. So I got really into it and then we got the chance, like we had a really awesome class in high school that I don't think is offered anymore. It was called TV Tech and we could make our high school newscast. And so I started directing our high school newscast like my sophomore year of high school and I did that for like three years. And we had assignments where you can make music videos and like you could leave campus and shoot music videos. It was all part of the curriculum. Like you were getting credit for it and it was so wild. I went to the wrong school. Seriously. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) So we had like block scheduling and you could have like a, and when you're a senior, you get a period off. You could potentially, and then if you had that next to your lunch period, you could potentially have like three hours off in the middle of the day. And then if you had TV tech as one of your classes, there's another hour and a half. You're basically like, you have a half day of shooting for whatever you want to do. And we would make music videos and just whatever. And then I I cut like highlight tapes for some of the sports teams and like, Mm. I just got into it. And so when I, when I went to college, I was like, I want to do this, but I know my parents aren't going to let me do this. And my mom went to the University of Iowa. My sister did. So I knew I was going to go. I got in. And so there I just did film studies, but with production stuff. I ended up like, have, I had a business major just so I could keep the parents at bay. <laughs> sure. And then I, but I, you know, uh, hopefully they don't watch this, but like I did <laughs> probably 99% of my classes the last couple of years, like just making shorts and, um, and doing just enough to like not fail out of those classes yeah. and still graduate. And, um, and so I made some of those shorts got into festivals and you just get hooked and then you're like, okay, I'm just going to start working in the industry when I graduate and just kind of see where it takes me. And it's just been weird, man. It's a, it's a, it's a nomad life. It's crazy. I think you when you grow up someplace growing up in the city, I still didn't understand the concept of filmmaking Right. You know, it wasn't as popular as it is now where they're shooting all over the place and you got all these tax breaks and it's, it's become a yeah. thing. And so I think you go two ways when you actually get on a set. You either think, wow, this is awesome. Or you're like, this is not anything that I thought it was going to be like. And it takes you out completely mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because it's too technical. I think when you're watching something on yeah. TV, you, you picture it e- either as this like magical thing and you're either a person that likes that or... And or likes the technical yeah, side. Totally. I think I've I've heard people say that as well. Like, I, I got on a set and this is just way too chaotic. I thought it was going to be way smoother and mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like, yeah, it, it it gets sort of like disorienting when you have to like start to learn all the aspects of it, and you're like, man, each one of these pieces of filmmaking is so deep, and like you can go so far, and like people can dedicate their lives to it, and like keep mm-hmm. learning. And then you're like, well, if I have to make a movie, then I got to know all these kinds of things. And you're like, how much do I have to know about all of them to make it happen? And like after a while, like, you know, that the adage now that you hear so much, like just just go make things like it's kind of what you have to do to just sort of shut all that out to learn it. But I'm with you. Like, that's probably why I got into like producing and production stuff, because for one, I I, I don't want to go out and buy gear. It's easier to go to like Office Depot and get your production kit going. Um, (laughs) And then you can sort of help out. And it sort of becomes like a superpower for people who are technically oriented, but can't get things made because because the logistics is kind of lost on them. And so like if you can schedule something, if you can budget something like it becomes a superpower because you can like help things become a reality. And I think I think I'm happy that I had that background and it's really helping me now, especially with this movie. So Yeah. And to your point earlier, when I started making films, it was just like, hey, let's get together on Saturday and let's film somebody being murdered or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And, As one um, does. Yeah. And and so so um, for me, getting into the, the weeds with it and starting to become more technical and not deciding what my shots are the day of. That sort of right. stuff became really fun to me. And I think a lot of people were like, well, no, I just want to show up and have fun, you know, right. but there's a whole, like, you, like you're saying, there's a whole kind of just this, just one shot right here. There's a whole reasoning behind it that you sat and tormented yourself over. Why, why right. this shot at this point in the, like that, all lighting that, stuff. that shot, yeah, and getting the lighting, the light, light? <laughs> all that stuff. And, and I find that stuff to be really fun to find that yeah. stuff prior. And so a lot of times the, um, when you're actually shooting, when you're on set, you're kind of just 
following through with the game plan and dealing with whatever comes up. Oh, this guy didn't show up or, you know, this lighting scenario isn't working or it's raining today or whatever. And those problems are enough. You don't want to have to also figure out your, right. your shot, you know, so right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I love that chaos, though. I, I, I really like it. Yeah, it's like that living in the moment, but then also like it's like heavy prep, but then like trusting your instincts when yep. it all goes out the window. It's yep. like, and it's torturous because it's such a temporal event. This shoot only happens now because of how expensive this all is. So mm-hmm. like you have to get this right now and 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 you can't just be like, oh, okay, well, this isn't kind of working. Let's just table this to another day right. and then come, I'll, I'll come back and just right. try it one more time. Like you can't do that. Yep. You spend like for every shoot day, it's like weeks and weeks of prep and uh, you know, it, it can kind of get crazy, but uh, I, yeah, I, I love that sort of like reactionary piece yep. like on the day, but then also like that I'm going to be stone cold locked in on what I think this is going to be, you know, for weeks ahead of time. And, and those two sides of the equation are like, you know, to, to master those is really tough, but it's fun. You yeah, know? It's, a, it's a lot of fun. Because, yeah, like you said, you spend weeks on a shot, comes time to shoot it and something happens. And you have to be ready to like have plan B or C or D ready ready to go. And I think that's where a lot of set time really helps you. Even if you're not in one of the quote unquote creative jobs, like almost every job on set becomes creative in some way, but just having set experience and just feeling the rhythms and the timing and how things, how, you know, the hurry up and wait of it all. Like then when it comes time to make your movie, it's like, you just kind of have that feeling in your body, like as you're there, you know, Um, you kind of know when things are running behind or when they're, you know, when maybe you can take a breath, you know, so. Mm -hmm. But you at least have, I mean, having made short films because this is this is a bit of a pet peeve of mine especially but i, I guess ours as well as just yeah when you can speak for me it's when, fine. <laughs> when, so, when we go on a crowdfunding page and we've mentioned this before especially i have and someone has never made a film before and yeah. it's like hey can you give me fifty thousand dollars and it's like no why would I do that? You've never made a movie before, you yeah. know. So yeah. it, with having that experience is, is great. And then in in your because we we're we're about to launch our crowdfunding in about a month for our next film, and so we're kind of nice. going we're going deep into the getting it done in a more efficient way. We've done crowdfunding before, and our last crowdfunding page was more successful in than the last because we decided to do a narrative. Yeah. And so we did the uh, we we sort of did the crowdfunding video in character where I played my character asking <laughs> for the money because I was like this hit woman kind of person, you know, and people yeah. really responded to that because they're they're being entertained. It's almost like they don't know they're being asked for money because they're getting sucked in. They're like, oh, no, I like right. this versus yeah. I think that's so important. Researching it now, I'm going through people's crowdfunding pages and it's like, yeah. oh, you see what's. Now that you're you're aware, you're like, wow, this is this is I don't want to do this because I'm 30 seconds into your video. I right. just, I don't know anything about this film yet. I don't know what you can do visually. I don't know right. what you're capable of. And so I think that was that's that's what drew me into your crowdfunding was that it looked like you took scenes from a film and it's like, okay, I can see what this person is capable of without a budget, lighting wise, cinematography wise. I can see right. what you're getting. Which is yeah. really important. Yeah. And you're already, I think you're like just over 15,000. Your goal is 30, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think our goal is 35 and okay. then we're over 15 now. We have a little under two weeks to go. But I think, I think your point is perfect. And I talk about this to people who, like, who I've talked to who like, also want to crowdfund. It's so important where like, it's not just the movie that has to be your, where your creative energy is put. Because everything that you present to people who are going to see what you're working on has to also be creative because it has to prove why you're going to go make this creative Mm -hmm. thing and it's going to work out. So like you making sort of a narrative version of your Kickstarter video is sort of almost a proof of concept in and of itself and that you're like, we're even putting creative ideas into this. Like we got creative ideas to burn, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, and so you want to either at least make it look professional, but also put creative ideas into it. And actually it, it extends even to like some of the business aspects of what we're doing. We're like, you know, we made a, an investor deck and prior to this project, I, I had seen a lot, uh, try to Google it and like, what does this look like? What, what do people respond to? And a lot of times it's like a white paper. It's just like text and it's very dry. And I think it's because people think like, oh, we're going to submit this to oftentimes they're like business people or something. Mm -hmm. And like, and that's what they're used to. But, you know, I got a great piece of advice from a filmmaker here in St. Louis 
named Cody Stokes. He just made a feature and his his deck was like a commercial pitch deck and it was like full, beautiful layout. It was like 35 pages and it, but it also went into the nuts and bolts of the investment and their plan and all this kind of stuff. And, and he raised way more money than we're ever going to have. Um, and he has a lot more experience than I do. And he's like a much more accomplished commercial director, but he knew like you have to sort of prove why you're, you should be trusted with people's goodwill. And mm -hmm. even if it's just like 10 bucks, that 10 bucks can go anywhere. And like, that's what investors will say too. They'll say like, listen, I can, I can put money anywhere. Why am I going to put money here? Mm -hmm. And it goes down to even like your, your, your buddies who are going to put money in your Kickstarter. So everything of, as a part of it has to be an extension of has to answer that question in some way, like why why should I care about this? And it's because you're putting so much creative energy into every aspect of it, and that sucks. <laughs> it's hard, and it's like, and it, and you have to constantly just pour everything into everything. But it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, right? I yeah. mean, you got to just do it. But in terms of our Kickstarter, I think it's going well. It's my first one, and I and I did the same thing. I looked at a bunch of Kickstarter profiles and I tried to figure out kind of what worked and what didn't, what I wanted to do, and that sort of thing. I wish I would have done more sort of preparation in terms of outreach prior to the campaign yeah and that's that's always like you know something that people suggest and i thought i did a lot and then also like the the whole calculus changed when when we got tony todd official mm -hmm. during the campaign so now we're trying to like pivot to that so right yeah prep it's like the, the longer you can delay it and and prepare more and almost feel like it's an afterthought the better it's almost like the shoot like the shoot has to feel like just a straight execution of a long set of planning, you know? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of what we're trying to do. We, I, we have I, our Kickstarter coming up and we're, we're starting now yeah. to try to get yeah. things going, you know? That's it's, awesome. I plan, we've been yeah. planning the, it's, we're dropping June 8th, but we've been planning it since last month because I, I was, and we still don't have enough time, honestly, when I, yeah. you know, I think about right? it, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's a little over a month away. Like, what are we going to do? Something that we're doing this time that we've never done before is we decided to do a crowdfunding launch party. That's perfect. And, yeah. uh, you know, we saw somebody else do it, and, but they, you know, they had more connections and a place to do it. We're like, we don't have that. And so I just kind of started. Because you don't, you don't want to drop, you know, $500 yeah. on a space when you could just dump that That was into the, the irony. Film. I was like, yeah. okay, I kept looking for right. spaces in the city, which is like, okay, great. You know, it's the city and whatever. But if the space is going to cost us $500 and we don't raise $500 in that weekend, then I just lost $500. <laughs> yeah. So we were fortunate enough to find a place that was kind of like artist friendly. And they were That's like, great. yeah, you could just do it here. It's free. We won't charge you. And I was like, well, so if it's if it's not a success, it didn't cost us anything. And that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. And those yeah, things I are, mean, you know, it's, it's important. Look, if you, if you get three people that you wouldn't have normally ever met that show up at that launch that happened to be at that place and go like, sure, I'll throw you 10 bucks. It's something you didn't have before. So yeah. totally. I mean, it sounds like that place is like really... I mean, because that, that, and then that's cool. You need like to like find who who are the friends that are gonna like you know make it happen. And it doesn't have to be like friends to help on the film. It can be like those kinds of spaces that mm -hmm. that just care about what you're doing. And you know, you guys should throw your rap party there. I mean, they sound like saints to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like I'm 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 linking the crap out of your website to everything to <laughs> yeah. to give to give yeah. you a thanks. But that's it's it's just super important. There's not a lot of places like that that really you know it it starts out that way, and then it's like a lot of film festivals. Their first and second year super humble and then by like the 10th it's like yeah short the the fee for shorts 95 dollars, and it's like are you crazy it's a 10 minute short i don't yeah. have yeah. that um and that's what i was talking about the fees before i mean i was amazed just from when we started making films together 12 years ago what yeah. fees cost then and now when 12 he's years yeah oh jeez <laughs> just flown by <laughs> That's my yeah. husband. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, you know, just from then to the, from when we did our last one, the gaffer, and you know, when he was sitting down, and we we're submitting, and I was like, "All right, where are we at?" He's like, 300 I'm like, "What already?" I mean, it's like we've only submitted to like seven places. I was yeah. like, "Oh crap!" So now there's there's that throwing that into it. That's the thing too. Is like an indie film is in this kind of place where um, it's cheaper than ever, and. But then there's also like, you know, there's these hard outside costs that are like, mm -hmm. you, it does take some resources. And so, you know, you just have to kind of, yeah, I mean, it's like make those choices and like, and hopefully those choices are stuff that re that's reflected on the screen. But like in the end, like, yeah, festival fees, it's like you just, have, yeah, just pour a drink and then, and then hit click send you know? <laughs> because, you know, you just got to make it feel better somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so why just out of sheer curiosity why kickstarter over 
uh, Indiegogo or Seed and Spark or any of those other ones out there? Because I'm like a lot of campaigns are going to um, mostly be like the people who will back you will mostly be people that that know you personally. Yeah. It's not really going to go kind of semi-viral or whatever yeah, most yeah. of the time. And so I knew that most of my Midwestern kind of family and friends weren't going to like know what the hell Seed and Spark was, and I didn't <laughs> want to have to spend too much time kind of giving them a like getting them up to speed yeah i knew that that if there was a chance that they'd heard something it was probably kickstarter yeah. so like that was kind of part of it and then i i just like i just like the all or nothing i love that like the the he agony likes of to live on the edge. Kind of thing. he lives on the edge <laughs> yeah. this one yeah but like and like but personally like i wanted to do seed and spark to be honest and uh, because I think I think what they're doing for the film community is mm-hmm. like pretty special, mm-hmm. and I think all the resources that they give people, I think their commitment to um, just increasing the inclusivity of like filmmakers is like so amazing. But but it comes back to like, but your buddy Joe first... doesn't really give a you know he's not gonna know. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly he's and you know I and I feel like you know especially with this film because it is like a crime thriller I feel like I I kind of wanted to keep it into that like fun kind of category like mm-hmm. this is what we're doing it's a crime thriller and, and I didn't want to have to do too much like um this is going to make you feel good because it, it it's like eating your vegetables or something yeah. you yeah. know like it's going to help it's going to help filmmakers <laughs> you know like you know my you know one of my uncles is not going to give a shit about that yeah. Like, yeah. so he's just going to be like all right cool looks cool go make your movie yeah, you know here. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah exactly and I, I i have way more people who have i i expected like you know within the backers like i i, I actually didn't know that like you could check out as a backer, as a guest. Mm -hmm. And so like, whenever I see like a guest that has done it, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's probably one of my family members who doesn't (laughs) want to start a Kickstarter account because they're just like, yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want to get your emails Kickstarter, you know? Well, that was the big thing too, is for crowdfunding. You want people to be be able to go, go in and out. You don't want to have to sign up for anything. You want to just be able to go to the page Here's twenty bucks or whatever, and you're out. Yeah, Done. yeah. And I, I mean, I, like a part of because a lot of my friends, even my friends who are like savvy, but they may not just be like crowdfunding savvy. Like it's still kind of new to them, and so like I, I kind of wish, and I, I probably if there is a service that does this, I should have looked into it. But, <laughs> but I wish Kickstarter would have like PayPal or something, or like Venmo yeah. or mm-hmm. like you know something that could just facilitate, you know, because like just quicker soup yeah exactly like that would be a game changer in my opinion oh yeah just the easier you can make it the more likely you are you are to to uh be successful i think yeah because that person that sees they they may watch the video and they're away from their wallet and it's like oh i'll do that later and then they forget you know but if it's you could just click on that you just kick on that some bitch totally and that's the and that's the really hard part being on like the filmmaker side of of a crowdfunding campaign is that like you know there's a ton of people out there that are like into what you're doing mm-hmm. and want to donate but like they're they have their own lives and and it doesn't take much to just knock them off the course right. oh, yeah. to like and like oh you know it closes on this date I'll get to it and like without any malice they may forget and you know that and so like I'm basically like kind of in that boat now we're like less than 2 weeks out and you no know, you just sort of like you sweat it because you're just like come on people now's <laughs> the time <laughs> Get in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be whoring it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, no, and, yeah. Thank you so you know, much. Yeah. We, we, we hope you, you, you reach your goal. Obviously, it's, this looks amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, now you got Tony Todd on there. Who is the, the other actor that was in there? I just want to give that his person. Name is, his name is Jake Kaufman. Okay. Um, he's a friend of mine. He actually, like, you know, when I was starting out working for free on shorts, I met him on a short film in Chicago. He's an actor and uh, we just hit it off and and he's been kind of hanging out with me through this whole project and um, we just kind of been partners on it and uh, you know it's it's funny like you know he's in a, he's in like a different stage of his life than when he was like as an actor like when we first started talking about it like it's been that kind of project you mm-hmm. know and so it's cool to like have this like ride or die partner in the project and but he's a great actor he's got an awesome look and he's perfect for this so it's like and and it's nice it's nice to have somebody who's he's in practically every scene of the movie it's mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. audience just hangs out with this guy through this like odyssey it's nice having somebody that you just implicitly trust and have worked with before and like and not have to find that big name yeah. like to, yeah. to like headline your movie 
you can sort of populate the movie around this person and feel like, okay, I always have like this this collaborator I can fall back on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I, that's really cool. And I always think there's something to be said for, you know, I mean, it's great to get names for any film, but, uh, you know, having... A lot of times that can be distracting, yeah. you know? So I, 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 feel, I, I like watching a lot of indie films when I don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah. Um, and I just I can become more invested into the story because I'm not distracted by whoever's in it. Well, because then also if, if, to say that if you, they've played a character, it's usually difficult to see them outside of that character. Yeah, right, so exactly. when you don't yeah. know an actor, that's always our dream as actors. We're like, give us a chance. Give us a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just something and, I tell myself to to make it okay that I don't get named actors. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> I mean, what he tells himself, you know, to make himself feel better about that. He's stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was funny. It's like kind of to your point about like sort of the actor, the, like I recognize this person immediately. Like, how can I buy them? And like, you know, part of what I want to do when we sort of work with Tony is like, he presents as one thing, but he's really this like sort of darker other person. And so like, I love the idea of like having him be like this sort of like, kind of grandfatherly type you know when you first meet him and like he's just kind of you know you, he's unsuspecting and and it's like how can you show somebody in a way that the audience hasn't seen them before and then you know kind of going back to the origin of the movie like i i was a huge like sergio leone fan in college i was like obsessed with spaghetti westerns and like what leone did awesome was like he would cast his movie because they were all these like foreign co-productions it would be like german spanish italian money to like please all these people he would cast people from like any country and then they would speak in their native language and then they would just dub it all in whatever country they were in yeah and so that's why like you know every voice in those movies is so like kind of off but it, <laughs> and, it's, and it sounds like a voice actor but he did it because now he can pull from all of europe and all of the u.s and he can cast the most like distinctive looking people mm -hmm. and like and you recognize these people who might show up once or twice, but they look like incredible. And so that's like, we're casting the movie now. And so now I'm like, that's, that's kind of one of my goals is like, you know, if I, if I'm between a couple of people, it's like, well, who will the audience look at and just like instantly be like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. like you just want to like, you, like you want every aspect of the movie to just be indelible, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, because yeah. your actor in your, your, in your crowdfunding, he has this really intense look. Yeah, he's got a, yeah. he's got a great look. Yeah. yeah, he's got a great look for the. I mean, like, he looks the part. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, he's got that. He's got that dirty, strung out, <laughs> natural look. <laughs> but like, but at, but intense at the same time. I think like yeah, you know. But he looks good on. Great. You know, some people yeah, looks, don't yeah. look great yeah. on camera. Like he looks right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks the part, and you know that that's that's awesome. That, yeah. that you know, na yeah. name or no, I, you know, I think. You know, obviously, you know, Tony Todd's going to do his thing. You know he's going to do his thing, and, and he's going to be great in the part. But um, I, I, I agree um, yeah. with Paul that I just I, – I like when I see people that I've not seen before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's, and always, also like, it's always exciting, you know? Yeah. And, but, and also what's important to me, too, is like, you know, I'm a first-time director. I've worked with actors a little bit, but, like, I have a lot to learn. And so, like, the more I can, I can cast somebody who is, like – absolutely that person from day one mm -hmm. and 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 if they're a pro if they've done stuff before and and i can sort of expect them to be on book like i just want to be able to walk on, and plus our schedule is is insane like mm -hmm. shooting a crime thriller as an independent film is hard because you're gonna have a ton of company moves you're gonna have a ton of cast like you have a person going down the rabbit hole they're gonna meet a lot of people so like you i don't have a whole lot of time to like you know really like have these like actor conversations that would be really fun to have, but like you can't spend a lot of that time. So like yeah. you basically have to be like, uh, this is what I think the scene is. This is what I think could happen. What do you guys think? All right, let's shoot it. Mm -hmm. And like, they just got to like fucking be on point. They yeah. got to be on book right away. And, um, and if they can, if they can do that, then man, I'll hire them today and tomorrow and forever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, for me, it's just like, how, how can I make it as, as painless as possible for everybody? And the more I can trust somebody to be professional and own their piece of it, mm -hmm. um, I'm more than happy to give that over to that person because yeah. 
Um, as much as I like to collaborate on every aspect of the movie, I do know that like everyone who's in their position and will know more about that position than I do. So yeah. I want, I want them to own that piece because, um, if it is up to me for everything, this movie's not going to be very good, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's, I think yeah. that's a very important point because, you know, if you ha- will use an, an actor, but it could really apply to any, any position really where, yeah. you know, if, if, you know, you have a certain, you know, it was written and you have a certain kind of idea of what you want to do, but then there's A, you have this person that's coming from the outside that can have a completely different perspective on it that could be very interesting that you never thought of. And then B, like when they have more of the um, reign, for lack of a better word, over it, they're going to commit to it that much more, you know? And so when they, like you said, when they feel like they have this kind of ownership of it, they're just going to do that much better for you um, or better for the part, I should say. Yeah, and there's like no better feeling than like you get somebody that you're working with come up to you um, and they have an excited sort of vibe to them and they have like that wouldn't it be cool if yeah thing and like you and you gotta have that like because if I because you know these days are gonna be long and like we're we're gonna shoot I think it's gonna be 18 days and so it's not a whole lot of time and and we're doing like three six day weeks so it's like a really compressed time period and like wow. if I have to generate idea after idea after idea on those days like it's gonna be i'm gonna be zoned out by like you know day three mm-hmm. so like i just know that about myself i mean i'm i'm uh i'm older now and <laughs> older <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and you know i've got a couple of kids i'm not sleeping very much anyways so <laughs> yeah. like i i i would like it to i i just i love that part of it like you know you asked me that question earlier like why am i drawn to films and filmmaking like you know you have a love of movies to begin with but then when you get into it and you start making movies like you realize just how fun it is to like be with a group of people it's like you know and all of a sudden everybody's like working towards the same thing and you get something out of it you Mm -hmm. got a movie that you can all watch together Mm -hmm. and and that's the microcosm of what we're trying to do with this first film, and 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 hopefully it becomes a macrocosm that we can share with a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. There's not there's no time for egos on no, independent yeah. sets. No way. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that was also kind of our pitch to Tony Todd. It was like, I was like, hey, bro, I have so much respect for you. Um, this is the movie that we're making, and uh, we would love you to come hang out and do it with us and uh and he's he's totally down he gets it and you know it helps that um that he liked the script and he likes the idea and uh but but other than that it's like yo man i can't um i can't promise you the rock craft service but (laughs) but like what i can do is listen to you every day that you're on the movie you know and that's what i promise to do so you know that's awesome yeah well yeah Yeah, totally because it's like um forgot my point anyway cool. yeah <laughs> yeah it's early yeah. morning yeah yeah well i just I, I, I just you know i just wanted to kind of um before we wrap i just you know wanted to touch base on that and that in that it's it's expensive craft services is great and that's lovely when you're working on a multi-million dollar set and you can expect that and i always yeah. like to say that our films are the craft service budget like that's <laughs> yeah you know, we'll, yeah. we're, we're basically, our next film is, is we're asking for $5,000, um, yeah. which, you know, most people are like, what are you doing with that? Well, you have to remember he's the DP, so we don't have to pay a DP. We're not paying a director. We're not paying an editor. So, yeah. you know, we can yeah. kind of pull that off. But um, I think that's what's really important. I think when, when, as an actor, if you're looking to get on the set that has elaborate catering, then are you really in it for the part? Or do you just want to have a nice meal? Listen, I enjoy a great meal. You know, well, listen, but, we're going to yeah. sweat it out in an eighteen nineties yeah. farmhouse. Yeah, with we're very gonna, small rooms. <laughs> right, very small, that, that's where we're filming, and, yeah. and and that's what I loved about our actors that they were all like, okay, because we kind of threw that at them first. And I tried yeah. to make it sound as daunting as possible to see if they'd still be in. I was like, so <laughs> the house is like over a hundred yeah. years old. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. Your bed is a bed in the middle of a room, and that's it. And the room is the size of a closet. Are you in? And you know, everyone yeah. was like, yeah, I don't care. Not a single person was like, no, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd prefer a bigger bedroom. Everyone was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. I'll sleep on the floor or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah. That sounds, that's awesome. I mean, what it comes down to is like, what, what are you actually offering them? And if it's that collaboration, like that, that, that's worth way more than, than yeah. some of those cre- creature comforts, you know, because, mm-hmm. 
Um, cause yeah, every role is creative in their own way. And so if you can just, if you can just set people off in their creativity, man, you're, you're offering them an, an incredible thing. You yeah. Know? Especially, um, especially with actors too. Cause it's so like blue collar, right? You just show up yeah. and like, you're like, Hey, say yeah, this line stand and there, stand on that thing. line. But when, when you're an actor and you, someone comes to you and says, what do you think? Like to them, that's yeah. like, oh, that's uh, what do I, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm always well, like, are you sure? You, yeah. Are you, do you mean to talk to me? <laughs> and, and I think it goes. I think it goes to anything. Like our, our sound guy Tom, who's going to be did our last film, is doing our next film. I'm just like, do your thing, man. I, I hired you because I know you know what you're doing. So just you do what you yeah. what you think's best. Yeah, yeah, and and I tell them too. Like uh, if it sucks, I'm going to tell everybody that it was your fault. <laughs> that was your fault. Yeah. This yep, freaking yeah. actor, yeah, <laughs> had to do their own yeah. thing. I and told him will, over and over again. <laughs> I will drag you in every conversation I have about this movie. So I will find yeah. a bus and I will throw you under yeah. it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we we we're really excited to see where this goes. We'll be following you, obviously, and cool. and everyone who's listening. Give your money. Yeah. Go watch. First of all, go watch the go watch the Kickstarter so you can see exactly what he can do, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, we're certainly going to be following you. And as the process goes on, when you're done with the film, yeah, want to come back and talk to us. Yeah, how, you know, once, yeah, so we you can know, see how everything yeah. went. Yeah, I would love to follow I up. I would, I would definitely come back. This was super fun. Cool. cool. Um, yeah, part two. Yeah. <laughs> the continuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much cool. for being on. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Bye. I appreciate it. All right, and that was Josh. That was Josh. Josh. Guffy. I like Josh. Josh Guffey. Seemed like a, like a genuine lad, you know? <laughs> Just wants to make right, films. Pops. and Yeah. Pops. He seems like a good boy. He seems like a good boy. Okay. So um, thanks. And thanks again, Josh. Yep. Um, and so. We'll link all the socials into um, yeah. his, his crowdfunding. You yep. should donate to it because we did. And we, we did. We lead by example. So if That's we can right. do it, why can't you do it? We love our own money, so when we give it away, <laughs> it's a big deal. But it's a good cause. Give your money, man. Give it. Support independent film. Woo! Woo! And so? So, um, well, I mean, you know, we're kind of at the end of the episode. Yeah, we are. I think. That's true. I think I've, I think I've exhausted all topics. I think you're at just the exhausted. Moment. I am just exhausted, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we, and the only new thing really has been Thrones. Yeah. We watched which, that. Um, we are not going to be able to watch. Well, hopefully this we'll week, see. Probably. We'll see. So some jerk's going to ruin it we'll online. See. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Someone's like, well, I didn't know Cersei was a dinosaur. Oh boy. Yeah. You know. Why is Cersei a dinosaur? I, really? Like Barney? Yeah. That's exactly okay. what I said. All right. Good job. Cersei's Barney. Yeah. Cersei. Cersei or Cersei? Is it like a Cersei? Cersei. Like Cersei? Cersei. Cersei Ronan? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, what is it? Five more episodes or something like that? Some of them are like 14 hours yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, five more to go. Five more to go. It was a good it was a good one, though. Yeah, last week was you know, a good table table setting episode, as they say. Yeah. You know, setting up the chessboard. I'm losing my trust in Daenerys here. Yeah, she's coming off a little power hungry. A, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. This, little this bit. whole bending at the knee thing. You know? Yeah. I'm about to bend you at the face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I don't know. And I, I mean, I just, look, they, they always do great with the graphics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what exactly was Jon Snow holding on to when he was riding the dinosaur? Yeah. Like, at one point, they were just, like, straight heading down, face forward going down. And somehow, either of them, I don't know how, him or Daenerys mm-hmm. are somehow... Hanging on, there's no um, handle. There's no bridle, if you will. Yeah, for, well, they hang on to the spikes. There's the no way that your weight is gonna that your hands can hold your weight when you're just nose yeah. diving, you know, towards a, a, a fucking waterfowl. Yeah. Okay. Waterfowl. <laughs> you know, there's just no way. Yeah. That that's. I wish that she would just maybe like put a harness on them mm. or have something that you can kind of slip into cozy. Like, yeah, I just thought I was like, some, really, this some is bootstraps. This, or is, something? this is some aggressive, uh, dragon flying mm. f- to go sans handles. Yeah. I think you just, just kind of scoot your hand underneath the, uh, the spikes. Cause they come backwards a little bit. You just scoot your hands underneath bullshit. there. Yeah. I call bullshit. Right. It's not happening. It's not happening. Right. Look at like what happens when you're like, when you're driving in your car and you, you hit that, you know, you, you, uh, hydroplane on a hill and you're like whoa for a second and that's in a car that's on the ground that's not a dinosaur that's 
haul an ass through the air. I mean a dragon. Dinosaur. Okay. I mean, what? Dragons are just dinosaurs. (laughs) They're flying dinosaurs. Flying dinosaurs. So anyway, that's that's all I have to add to that. I just think uh, you know, I'm I'm glad it's the last season. Mm. I have just about had enough of them. Okay. I think you know. Don't worry, there'll be winter's coming. We get it. It came and and it never left, and it's here again. And it doesn't ever like winter never really leaves. It just it comes back a little stronger. It, it it sort of like eases up. And then winter's coming again. Yeah, and then it'll come again. You know, Brian's like 37 oh, no. years old now. Where's the elephants? It, oh, God. You know, <laughs> I didn't get that. I'm like, elephants? Yeah. Okay. She's obsessed with elephants. All right, sure. Whatever. I think it's a, think it's a shout out from the books or something. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not that dedicated to it. Yeah. I, I love the, the show, but it's just, it's it's nearing its end, and I'm just it's really like glad. It's like the show that um, like everybody watches. Not everybody. Well, People not that everybody, don't watch like, it are like when I go into my they're day like job. vegans, you know. Yeah. Like they make a point of telling people that oh, they I don't, don't watch. watch it. I don't watch that show. You yeah. know, I know everybody else in the whole world is watching it, but yeah. I don't watch it. Good but for it's you. Like Get out of here. The last of the great like water cooler shows. You could sit there and talk with your workmates or whatever yeah. about them. There'll be another one. Yeah. There'll be something else. Hopefully. Before that was like Breaking Bad. Everybody yeah. talks about Breaking Bad, and you know, then you find something else. We were late to that one too. Yeah, I like being late to stuff because you could just binge it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate commercials. And but everybody ruins every everything week. now, so you, you really can't do that anymore. So difficult to binge a show that's popular without having somebody ruin it. Yep. Thanks a lot, jerks. Yep, interwebs. So anyway, yeah, yeah. this was a good show. It was a good show. Was, I have I, a piece I, of cake waiting for me. It was uh, very insightful. I, so I, um, it was, it was, I have a piece of cake waiting for okay, me. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> Just kidding. So we'd like to thank... <laughs> Steady Geekin. Shout out. Reality Bomb Comcast. Yeah. Perry Herobus. Not up for debate. Not up for debate. Um, and to uh, Josh. Josh. Josh's page, which we'll have all the links for it. Yeah, I have all the. So, all gone wrong. All gone wrong. Yep, all gone, Gotta, all gone wrong. I hope we got that right. Yeah. That, that's embarrassing if we didn't. Yeah. Um, Link so, everything. Yeah. Thanks and go on, go on some other people's pages too. And, you know, look at look at the stuffs they got there. Like in general, just, just random in, pages? Just like huh? random film pages. Yeah. You know? Spread the love. Spread the love. It's all right good. On, right on. It's, right on. Right on. It's 420 right. Well, when we're recording it, it's 420. <laughs> I had my, I had a heavy dose of CBD oil, so I'm good and relaxed. Because <laughs> I like week, to live on the edge. Next week we have a guest as well, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. We have, um, we have one Emmett s- Cook, hopefully. Sh- scheduled. Uh, that'll so be we'll a good, see. That'll be a good one to chat. Yeah, What's and that? then you, then you've got your your effing Avengers, but we're gonna wait oh. to talk about that. The next until two weeks the we have guests, steady geeking guys, and yeah. reality bomb guy, oh. guy or guys. We'll see who's who's here. Yeah, so you guys can talk about that, and I'll just be in the <coughs> corner doodling. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Someone flew through the sky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Explosion. City is destroyed. Let's move on. It's all right. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. So we came up with this one.